High Noon. This is News Talk. And you're very welcome back to High Noon with Kira Kelly here on News Talk. Lots and lots of you getting in touch. Please keep getting in touch. We love to hear from you. Uh, one of our texters says here, with regard to what Tom Clonan was saying earlier about women in the military, you never see women on building sites because they can't handle the heavy work. Tom would refute that greatly um, and I think he makes a very good point about women in Africa and stuff they handle all the manual work and uh, someone else says here Izzy's wheels what a great story for a Friday happy Friday everyone and yes you're absolutely right those two girls completely inspirational and really young and so entrepreneurial and just so great just just so fantastic now but speaking of young people we're going to be talking about age now this week the government put forward a proposal to hold a referendum, one of the many referendums, on the legal age to vote, asking the public about whether or not they want to lower the age of voting from 18 to 16 years of age. I should point out that Michael McDougall has said this is pure gimmickry and that if you're 16 years of age and you're not old enough to enter a legal contract of law, you're not old enough to uh, go into a public house, you're not old enough, what else did he say, you're not old enough to... uh, do lots of things at 16 but he also said if asylum seekers at 16 are counted as children we can't give children a vote so he says it's pure gimmickry so that's on one end of the scale but on the other end of the scale the BBC this week has said that its senior staff are going to be put in touch with the younger generation by giving them their own youth members to advise them because they feel that their senior staff their people in their 40s and 50s and 60s who work in the organisation are out of touch Um, and We're asking now today, how significant a role, first of all, should young people be playing in decision makers in our society? What what, what do we think about that? But also, is ageism alive and well and cutting both ways? Are we in danger of excluding young people and saying that they are not entitled to vote or or to have a role in our society, but also older people, that are we saying that they're not entitled to, to, to have their opinions because society has moved on and they need to get with it? And are we really in danger of turning ourselves into a society where we're discriminating against both older and younger adults uh, because we think us in the middle know best? And to discuss this now, I'm joined by two wonderful people. I'm joined by Harry McCann, who is of the Digital Youth Council, and Sabina Brennan, of course, of this Parish, but also of Trinity Brain Health. Welcome to the programme, both of you. Hi, Kira. Hi. I'm going to come to you first, if that's okay, Harry. Yep. What, what do you think about the idea of 16-year-olds? Can I ask you, first of all, how old you are? I'm 19. You're 19. So what do you, so three years ago, what would you have felt if someone said to you, you have the vote now? Would you have felt capable? Would you have felt that was reasonable? What do you reckon about this idea? Yeah, so I still haven't actually cast a vote yet. Um, since I turned 18, I haven't had the opportunity. By the sounds of things, next year I won't leave a polling booth. Uh, there's going to be... F- a few of them anyway. Um, I think 16-year-olds are more than capable of voting. I think uh, it's unfair to say anything different. I don't think that because you can't tr- consume alcohol means that you can't cast your vote in an election. I think Ireland needs young people to shape the future. I think we keep talking about how young people need to be, you know, they're our future and whatever else. But the future is happening now and the decisions that will affect our future are happening now. And I think there's plenty of 16-year-olds out there and 17-year-olds who are more than capable of voting and participating. And it's been seen around Europe. The Scottish election, the 2014 referendum, had 16 and 17-year-olds voting and there was a 75% turnout for that cohort. It shows that they're willing to get involved and they want to make a change and they want to make a difference. I have to say, one of the things that we saw in the marriage equality referendum here was people voting in school uniforms, which... I found really moving for some reason. I found it really powerful as, as an image that young people who were still at school were exercising their democratic rights. Obviously, they were 18, but but I, I still found it amazing. 
one of the things I thought was quite interesting about the marriage referendum was those we, we did mobilise a young vote. We've mobilised a, a vote from the diaspora as well. And we had such an interesting uh, demographic around the people who voted in that election. Yet we didn't manage to pass the referendum on reducing the age that a president needed to be down to 21. Uh, I, I I hold up my hand and say I voted that we should have presidents who were allowed to be presidents at 21. I can see no reason why you couldn't be a good president at 21. Um, but one of the things, Harry, that Michael McDougall has said is, well, you're, if you're not allowed to do this, this and this at 16, why are you allowed to vote? Because we're treating you as an adult. I take his point, although mm. yeah. I, I disagree with him because I actually think that we could let 16-year-olds vote. But if we can let 16-year-olds vote, should we be allowed doing them to do other things as well? Should we be teach, treating them rather as adults in general? Yeah, I think so. I don't I don't know what makes me more of an adult on the 18th of September than well, two years ago than I was on the 19th of September. You know, I, I turned 18 one day, I was 17 the day before. Does that mean I'm more ready to have a drink on the 19th than I was on the 18th? I think it's a bit silly, but I do, I do agree with what he's saying. Of course, you know, there is points and in fairness, it's fair what he's saying, but it is a bit silly to compare them all and you can't put the same hat on all of them. I think you have to look at each situation individually. I don't think a 16-year-old should be allowed going to a pub, but I do believe they should be able to go and vote. I think you have to look at the situation. The situation is that all these policies are being made, there's referendums coming left, right and centre, and it's about our future. And it really needs to be the situation where we're looking and saying, do we want young people to shape the future of Ireland or do we want to leave it to the people who are already there? and continue to make decisions for us. And I think it's a good opportunity to start now. I, 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 I'm not arguing because I actually think as well the younger people start to vote, the more likely that they will vote and exercise their democratic right to vote. And if people yeah. don't vote, we don't get a true representation about uh, what our, I suppose our society thinks on things at all. I'd like to bring you in here, Sabina. Sabina, talk to me a little bit about the, the other end of the spectrum, what we're also talking about today, reverse ageism this was well they're both ageism but ageism now against older people the BBC has said in an attempt to hang on to its youth market which it's not hanging on to they're losing young viewers and listeners that they need to kind of (laughs) make their older staff more with it by giving them a youth mentor is that a reasonable thing to do to move with the times or do you think that's vaguely insulting I think reverse mentoring is what it's called because we, we've all come across where, you know, you get an older mentor to, you know, th- and through their experience, they help you along. Um, I wouldn't be a fan of either way. For me, what I think works actually is mutual mentoring. Um, and, and that's where you get rid of the, the ageism aspect of it because uh, you acknowledge that both um, people involved in the mentoring process have something to uh, gain from this, the the. the the communication and something to contribute to the communication. So um, that particular article, what I just didn't like was it was it was about reverse mentoring, bringing in under 30s to teach older people what it was, what it's like to be uh, under 30. Um, Are are we in danger, Sabina, of, you know, to, to broaden this out, okay? In society, people who grew up in different eras will have a different set of values, a different set of mores, a different set of ideals and ideas and all that kind of stuff because we grow up as a product of our time. Now, we do evolve over the course of our life and if we adapt and change and continue to interact with people of all ages, we, we may establish different ideas than the ones we had in our youth. But largely, I think it is is true to say that somebody in their 70s doesn't necessarily think the exact same as somebody in their 30s. And we see that. And you often hear people say this when they're talking to their parents, their aged parents, young adults will say, Mum, Dad, you can't say that. And that's the thing you hear people saying a lot. Are we in danger 
of something here that we think people who are older, for example, or indeed people who are younger, don't have as much right to an opinion because that opinion doesn't kind of conform conform to the consensus of the hegemony of the middle-aged, middle-class establishment. Well, you see, the thing is um, to group any bunch of people by their age is ageism. Yeah. So it, it ageism applies all directions. It's, a, it's about a prejudice based on age and it's about making assumptions based on age. So like Harry just said earlier, all 16 year olds aren't the same, but there's a general level of maturity. And actually, I would say um, cold cognition at the age of 60, uh, 16 in terms of voting. Um, that's where you have time to deliberate over something and make a decision which would apply in the instance of, of voting. That is probably well developed and mature enough in most six in 16 year olds on average so in terms of voting however um, other issues where the decision um, requires you know hot decision making or, or, or involves a risk or you know and, and, and sudden thing even things like driving um, that that kind of hot cognition doesn't doesn't mature till a bit later you know and it involves frontal cortex and, and so and that's to do with impulsivity and all that's that stuff. to do with impulsivity and so I think you can take the context into account uh, as well as the age. Um, but sorry, going back to your point um, in terms of um, uh, bunching people together by their age. Um, and we do it both both extremes. Oh, those young people are all the same and, you know, they're all liberals and they're all this. But yeah. we know for a fact that they're not. And similarly, all old people aren't the same. Um, but yet we bunch old people into, into groups by their age. And the fact of the matter actually is that older people are more diverse less homogenous than younger people just by virtue of the fact that they've lived longer and had more diverse experiences. Um, that's, you know, that's just something, you know, a, a fact of living. Um, but with regard to this BBC uh, thing that they were talking about. I mean, in fairness to the BBC, what they're interested in this is there. This was really in the context of talking about programming where they were aiming at an audience yeah. between yeah. 15 and 30. So um, I don't believe that it makes sense to bring in a bunch of, you know, on that age group to manage the whole programme. But I, I, I think it does make sense to have diversity and to have, I mean, you would always go out to see, well, wh who are your who are your demographic? You have to hear their voice in your programming. I, I think we need diversity in all things. Loads of people are getting in touch. This is, this is very uh, interesting. Um, someone here says, at 16, most of the people are on the left of the political spectrum, mainly because they are not contributing as much as people who are older and working full time. We'll be flooded with shinners and the rest of the loony left. What a mental idea. I'm going to throw that to you, Harry. Uh, here is one thing that I do think about voting. Voting should have consequences. Uh, it's one of the reasons that I don't believe that you should be allowed to vote in a general election if you don't live in the country, uh, because yeah. I think you should live with the consequences of your vote, so that you don't vote in a kind of a, an idealistic way. You should, you should have to live with the responsibility of who you vote for. There is an argument that if you are 16 and you don't work and you don't pay tax, that you would vote in a different way because you won't be directly affected by the consequences maybe of your voting because you're not an active member of the economy in terms of being a worker. Your parents might be and people who are older than you are. What would you say to somebody who would suggest that you won't be living with the consequences of your vote properly at the age of 16 the way you would at the age of 36? Yeah, I think you have to look at it as well, though. It mightn't affect you personally, but it affects your family. We all have families at home and my parents pay tax. And at the end of the day, it might not necessarily just affect me, but it does affect my family. And, you know, what affects my parents affects me. I think it's a hugely important thing to say, because although 16-year-olds don't pay tax, 
they still are affected by how tax rates are done and how all of this works. You know, if there's a push on their family, there's a push on them. And it does work that way. And I think it's fair, only fair that we give them the opportunity to contribute on that. Uh, you, loads of people on the same topic here. Rob says uh, young people have, the, have to earn the right to vote. Well, we, how do you earn it? Just by growing up to 18. If they were left mm-hmm. vote, we'll be ruled again by Sinn Féin by paying higher taxes. <laughs> Sinn Féin, you have clearly this. a problem with your, your perception. People think of you as a very high tax regime <laughs> and that all young people will have to head off for Australia if that happens. So Sinn Féin are now driving us to Australia. Okay. Um, this, these are texts. We are not Mary suggesting this. Yeah, absolutely. But but coming back to, to, to you on this, Sabina, what do you think about that? The fact that it is probably true that, you know, that whole, you know, if, if a man isn't a socialist when he's young, he has no heart. And if he is a socialist when he's old, he has no head. Is it largely the case that we can expect a broader spectrum of, of um, you know, we, we've had centrist governments for, for generations because we flip-flop between Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael. Would we be likely to see a greater spectrum of voting if we allowed people to vote from a younger age up? Well, I, I'm kind of going to throw something out there because I think we need to learn from things like Brexit where people um, voted without actually having real knowledge about what they were actually voting for. Yeah. Um, so I think what's actually a bigger issue than the age, and I would be quite comfortable letting people 16 vote, provided... <laughs> they know what they're voting about. And I don't just apply that line to 16-year-olds. I think you can be 60. I can th- think you can be 70. I think you can be 40 and not actually understand what you're voting for or, or misunderstand what you're voting for. I'd yeah. love a test but ha- before you're I, voting I, I on something. I think you make a really good point. I think you make a really good point, Sabina, because a lot of people are texting and saying, but how would they know what they're voting on? There are 35-year-olds and 42-year-olds and 79-year-olds who, who haven't a clue and uh, still have the vote. You're saying we have to make sure that they know what they're voting on, but that should be true of the whole election. And Absolutely. Everyone. That's and exactly it. discrimination. So, so to be honest, and, and, you know, we have a problem getting people out to vote. If we actually really want, you know, uh, votes that reflect society and not just the majority, this is a fundamental problem with democracy. And I'm not advocating anything else instead of democracy. But you have to recognize, for it to work properly, you have to recognize its flaws. And that can mean that the majority always wins. And as a consequence, minorities suffer. And the society, society that you end up with doesn't reflect and include include those people in minorities and it's very important that we that we have and that we do that um, and I just think you know there's there could be something to be said for you know that actually a compulsory voting that anybody on they the register some places anyone who is on the register you must cast your vote and in order to cast your vote perhaps it's very simple you do it online you have to read certain things and actually show that you understand what you're voting on tick 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 then your ballot paper is released and you can vote and that to me I think would solve loads of problems not I'm sure, sure there'd be anger for not, saying it but. sadly Harry not very many people seem to be in, vo- in favour of the 16 year old vote um, half of 16 year olds don't even know who the Taoiseach is what an absolute joke piece crap. Uh, PJ says voting age, people should undergo an intelligence test before they are allowed to vote with a minimum score of 100. Look at Brexit, Trump and Fianna Fáil's rise in the polls. And that's from PJ. PJ, that's called fascism when you when, when you when you have to outrule people because they aren't clever enough to vote. Uh, and Stephen says most of the electorate are not fit to vote anyway, as most of the electorate have no knowledge of politics. Politics should be a mandatory subject. Same as Matt's Brexit and Trump again uh, prove that it's not about age, but it's about political nous. Um, Kira, your argument is silly. 16 is too young to vote. Why not 15? Why not 14? Where should the cutoff be? And yeah. someone else here says if a 16 year old cannot be considered to be responsible for their actions 
in the same way as an adult is in a court of law, how can they be considered responsible enough to vote? A child cannot be responsible enough to vote on issues that can deeply affect people's lives in a way they cannot comprehend. But you have to understand that these cutoffs that we we chose we choose, we simply choose them. They're arbitrary. We have just decided when childhood ends and when it begins. If you and I were born in another country, you know, we would be in maturity and adult in, in accordance with our bodies. And you and I as women would be having babies at 14 and 15. No, I, but, Grim but thought. no, no, but but that's a different it's a different society. So people forget that we've actually just cho- chosen these ages arbitrarily, um, it, you know, in a sense. But you then take some science in and you take some experience in and you learn and understand when people have le- have have a capacity to understand complex thoughts. Harry, I have to say to you that when I was 16. Um, I was in school, obviously, I think I was in fifth year. So I was it would have been in fifth year. I was very plugged into debating and stuff like that. I really enjoyed it. I'd say actually I was more interested in, in, in politics and stuff than I may have been, in fact, in my 20s and 30s when I was busy doing other things. When you were in school, because you're, you're the most recent to have left school, did you think that there was an appetite for discussion around politics, voting, referendums, elections and that kind of thing among your peers? I think a lot of the comments you've just read out, firstly, the reason a lot of 16-year-olds don't know who the T-Shock is is because it, it's it's not their fault. They actually don't blame teenagers for not knowing who the T-Shock is. I think that's an issue that we have. I think the biggest thing here is... Why that is it not their fault? Tell me. Because I don't think there's any education. When is when is it ever mentioned? I've been in school for... Oh, I'm only left, so I don't even finish my leaving cert. And during the whole time of school, you hear odd bits and pieces in there, there's, but there's no political education. There's no real-world education there. So we could change that, couldn't we? we? We could, and I actually think this is an opportunity. I think it's a, an opportunity that we possibly will miss because if we have introduced voting at 16, we have the opportunity to introduce elector, uh, po- political education in and not just only inform 16-year-olds about how to vote, but in the long run, it would inform our electorate a lot better. There's a plenty of 25, 26, 27, 30-year-olds who have no idea what they're voting for and pretty much just vote for Sinn Féin or whoever sounds funniest on the election. <laughs> Sinn Féin! <laughs> Sinn Féin! It's, I almost feel I should be apologising yeah. to Sinn Féin today. <laughs> no, getting no, quite the kicking. No, no offence to them, but I think, do you know, we no, have to look at the no way... Offense it, no No offence to Sinn Féin, but I think we have to look at the way the country's moving forward. Our Taoiseach is a lot younger than the previous Taoiseachs have been. This country needs to move forward and I think if we're going to say that we're a real democracy, everyone has to be involved. Alright, listen guys, thank you so much. Thank you to Sabina Brennan, of course, who is a regular on the programme and also to Harry McCann, who is a newbie on the programme, but we'd be delighted to have him back because we are not ageist here on High Noon um, and thank you for discussing this afternoon about ageism that affects both ends of the age spectrum and I am afraid that's all we have time for today Sean Moncrief is up next do stay tuned for that my thanks to Michael Quilligan on sound to Alex Russo Kira Courtney and Siobhan MacDonald producing and Mark Simpson editing but from me Kira, have a great weekend